0: Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, we are continuing our sermon series on the book of Hebrews, and today's reading comes from chapter 5, verses 12, through chapter 6, verses 12. I invite you now to hear these words. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic elements of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food for everyone who lives on milk. Being still an infant is unskilled in the word of righteousness, but solid food is for the mature for those whose faculties have been trained by practice to distinguish between good from evil. Therefore, let us go on toward perfection leaving behind the basic teaching about Christ and not laying again the foundation. Repentance from dead works and faith toward God, instruction about baptisms and laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And we will do this if God permits. For it is impossible to restore again to repentance those who have once been enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift, and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away, since they are crucifying again the Son of God to their own harm and are holding him up to contempt. Ground that drinks up the rain falling on it repeatedly, and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is cultivated, receives a blessing from God. But if it produces thorns and thistles, it is worthless, and on the verge of being cursed, it is, its end is to be burned over. Even though we speak in this way, beloved, we are confident of better things in your case, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust, He will not overlook your work and the love that you showed for his sake in serving the saints as you still do. And we want each one of you to show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope to the very end so that you may not become sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, as I start today, I want to say once again how happy I am to be with you. What a joy it is to be at Trinity. And I am so blessed to have a partner like Pastor Wade. And I'm so excited to work with him and with the entire trinity talented and special team here at trinity both paid staff and volunteer leaders and all of them i'm especially looking forward to getting to know all of you better one of the things you're going to learn about me is that i love to hear about your life i love to hear stories and i love to hear about your faith journeys And it is an honor and a blessing to have a chance to walk with you for a season and to journey with you for a while. I am so incredibly excited to see what God has in store for all of us these days. Now, I think when I was here for the only Sunday I have been here so far, I think Pastor Wade had mentioned that I had just come back from a vacation vacation. My husband, Tim, and my eight-year-old daughter, Alyssa, and I headed to Florida. We wanted to spend some time in the sun and, of course, the heat that was almost unbearable at times. But most of all, we wanted to spend time with our older daughter, Katie, who currently lives down there and is working at Disney World. It was the first time that we had had a chance to be together as a family, a full family, in almost a year, and so we were really, really glad to be together. Now, one of the things you'll learn about me is that my family loves all things Disney. We love the movies, we love the rides, we love the characters, and if you don't know, my favorites are Chip and Dale, who are on the back of my phone, and I I think my husband's favorite thing at Disney is all of the food. There is this wide variety of food down there, especially during the international festivals, and we love trying all the different places. But I'm gonna tell you, it can be challenging at times for our family. It can be challenging because my younger daughter, Alyssa, would eat about four things while we're there she eats breakfast food which includes waffles pancakes and eggs but they don't serve that all day in most places she loves chicken nuggets heaven forbid they're chicken strips they have to be chicken nuggets and she prefers the dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets and she will tell you she really likes the brown part of them but not really the white stuff that's in it. Not a real big fan of the actual chicken. She loves pasta, especially mac and cheese and fettuccine alfredo, and she'll eat pizza. And I'm not even sure she completely loves pizza, but she tolerates it enough to eat it. So you can imagine what it was like for this family of four to find a place where we all found something that made us happy. My husband and I would get a little tired of those basics the hamburgers, the chicken nuggets, and pizza, and we didn't go to Disney World to eat a hamburger every single meal. And so we spent a lot of time with my daughter Alyssa just begging and pleading can you please try something different? We know you'll like it. Please, please just try something. We begged her to try something new, something more than just those four basic items, because we realized there was so much more for her to discover. And at the same time, Alyssa's menu was really limited. I watched my older daughter. And I found myself marveling at how her menu and her tastes had expanded since she was on her own. She was trying all different kinds of international cuisine. She was trying things that I never ever would have dreamed she would eat. Things like sushi and crab wontons and all kinds of stuff that as a kid she never would have gone near Yet she was looking forward to them and wanting to eat these things. And that and many other things that I saw when I was down there led me to recognize how much my older daughter, Katie, is maturing and growing. Because I remember when she was like Alyssa and would barely eat a thing, she went through that stage too. And so I, I tell you this this morning because I want you to hold this story in mind as we dive into our scripture for today. And I say this because I don't know about you, but I sometimes have a hard time wrapping my head around the book of Hebrews. Anybody else out there have that issue, too? You find it challenging and deep and a little tough to understand at times. But the message in the passage that I just read is a pretty straightforward one. In essence, what the author of Hebrews is doing is challenging that original audience to expand their menu not in a literal sense like we were doing with Alyssa, but in a spiritual sense. The author uses this image of what people were eating to talk about the state of people's faith. And he was pleading with them, just like we would do with Alyssa, to do something different. And in this passage, there's an invitation For each and every one of us to take a closer look at our spiritual lives. To think about what is on our menu. What is it that we are eating right now? Now, The author begins by noting that the people have become complacent in their faith. Some might even say lazy in their faith. Or sort of sluggish. He calls them babies. Living on milk. They haven't moved off of that. They haven't moved beyond the basics of faith. And they're having to be reminded of them repeatedly. And those basics are things like the importance of repentance. Or turning back toward God. It's the recognition that they are loved deeply. And it's knowing that the resurrected Jesus and the living Christ offers new life and possibilities. And I need to tell you that the author is not saying that these things are bad things at all. In fact, they are essential to our faith and they are the foundation upon which we build a life in Christ. And I will never stop reminding people of these basics because there is always someone who needs to hear them, whether it's the first time or the thousandth time. And so I want you to hear this today. No matter who you are, no matter what is going on in your life or or what has gone on in your past. You are loved deeply and unconditionally. You are loved just as you are. You are loved by one who will never, ever give up on you. You are loved by one who will never leave your side. And you are loved not because you have been good or done something. You're loved not because you've made perfect choices or you are the perfect person. You are loved because you are simply you. You've been created in the image of God and God claims you as God's child. You are loved deeply. But that doesn't mean that we haven't all, including me, also missed the mark often in the ways that we live. Christ came to teach us to love more perfectly, and I am sure that you can point to countless examples in the world around you, and I know I can point to examples in my own life where we have fallen short, where I have fallen short. But Christ offers us forgiveness for this and has promised that if we follow him and we put our trust in him, we will discover a new, la- new life and a better way. Now, I share these basics with you because we all need to be reminded of these basics. We need that spiritual milk. But if all that is is head knowledge, if it doesn't make a difference in the way we live our lives, and if we stop right there, we are still like spiritual babies. And just as I want my daughter Alyssa to know that there is so much more for her to discover, the author of Hebrews wants people to know that there is more to a life of faith. But I'm going to be honest. I know how easy it is to get complacent in your faith. I know how easy it is to get stuck in a stage where you're just living off that spiritual milk. You see, I grew up in the church. I was surrounded by the church as a kid. I had these great models, strong people of faith all around me. My grandfather was a minister, a pastor right up the road in Sunbury for a while. My grandmother, she was active in almost every part of church life. My uncle and aunt, they were missionaries in the Democratic Republic of the Congo in Africa. And they are both pastors, albeit retired now. And my parents, they set an incredible example for me because they were incredibly active in the church too. Church and faith was an integral part of our family life. I was a spiritual baby, but that milk was plentiful and it was flowing freely and often. And then something happened, as happens to many of us. I went off to college. I started my own life, and my priorities, they just kind of shifted and changed. And it wasn't like I gave up on Christ or stopped believing. I just became kind of sort of lazy and complacent in my faith. I focused on my education. I focused on my career and sunk into that. I focused on my relationships. And honestly, Going to church and working on my faith, it just was not high on my priority list. And I started to lose that spiritual hunger. And I got distracted and drifted away. And then when my older daughter, Katie, was born, I began to think, you know, I need to find a church because it's the right thing to do for my child. I wanted to have what I had when I was little. It's the right thing to do. And so we started attending some local churches. And oddly enough, one of the first ones we walked into was a church pastored by Pastor Wade. He doesn't know or he didn't know at the time. He didn't know me. And we had never spoken because I kept a very low profile. But we started attending some local churches. And I would go to Sunday worship at Wade's Church and other churches. And I would enjoy the worship service most of the time. Sometimes I'd get something out of it. Some were more meaningful than others. But that was it. I'd walk in the doors on Sunday. I wouldn't talk to anybody else. I'd sit there and listen and then I'd go home. Nothing else really changed in my life other than I had this Sunday morning engagement. And it went on like that for a little while. But then I started to to run into things that made me feel overwhelmed in my life. And you know how that can be Things happen in your family life, in your work life. Things happen with your health that suddenly become overwhelming. And it was more than that, though. I found myself longing for something. Something was missing in my life. And in the back of my mind, I think I knew what was missing I knew Christ was there, but I wasn't quite ready to admit that was it. But I was hungering for something, and I just didn't know what was going to satisfy that hunger. And around that time, my family and I, we went to a Fourth of July parade in Hilliard, And as we were watching, we saw my daughter Katie's preschool director marching in the parade with her husband and some of her friends. And I cannot explain what it was, but there was this light and love that was just radiating from this group of people. And I knew that it wasn't really about marching in that parade, because in every one of my interactions with this director, it was like this. She just had this sense of peace to her. The joy just radiated from her. There was a kindness and gentleness to her, and her outlook on life was just so hopeful and encouraging. And contagious. And if you have someone in your life that is like this, you know what I'm talking about. You want, you find yourself wanting to be in the presence of that spirit and filled in that exact same way. And something happened to me at that parade in that moment. And the only thing that I can attribute it to is the Holy Spirit. Because like a young child that looks at their parents' plate and starts to say, I want to try that too, I started to hunger for more of what she had. I began attending that church. But it was even more than that. I started to immerse myself in this community. I served in a variety of ways. I started ushering. I started greeting people when they came into the door. I served as a Sunday school teacher. I volunteered for vacation Bible school and eventually became the coordinator of that. I participated in countless committees and mission activities. And every Bible study and group that I could find, I plugged into it. And a funny thing happened as I did all of this. With each new thing that I tried, which, with each new thing that I tasted, I found myself hungering for even more. And I was hungering for it not because I was dissatisfied I was hungering for it because it was so good. It felt so wonderful to move closer to Christ. And for the first time in my life, I discovered a peace that came with it. And I didn't want to let that go. I didn't want to drift away. I wanted to be as close to Christ as I could. And it was a hunger to discover whatever God had in store for me, no matter what it was. And it was and remains a hunger that nothing else in this world can satisfy. And it's that hunger that drew me into ministry and that has led me here. Because as someone who has tasted, so to speak, and experienced what a life committed to Christ is like, I want to share this gift with as many people as I can. I want them to know Christ too. And just as I try to encourage my daughter Alyssa to try these things because I know what she's missing, I want others to know more fully who Christ is and what Christ offers. But I'll tell you, as I think about Alyssa's eating habits, we haven't convinced her yet. We're still eating the same kind of stuff, and she doesn't really see any reason to change at this moment because she likes these things. And the truth is, She will taste other things when she's ready, just as I tasted things when I was ready. She likes what she eats, but those of us who have tried more than dinosaur chicken nuggets and Annie's mac and cheese, we know that there's something else. There's a lot of other things out there. And a lot of things out there that are absolutely incredible and good. And the same can be true about our spiritual lives, too. I am not sure that we always realize or always know how limited our menu is. That we're not eating more. And that's what this author from Hebrews is really getting at. He is drawing on his experience and his knowledge, and he's encouraging people to recognize what they're eating and to start expanding that menu. Throughout the book of Hebrews, he has been pointing to Jesus as the ultimate salvation and the embodiment of perfect love. And this author has so much he wants to teach these people. But they aren't there yet. They're not quite ready. And he calls this audience sluggish and dull in understanding not to insult them. That's not the purpose of this. It's not to put them down and make them feel awful. It's to whet their appetite To more fully follow and imitate Christ. He wants them to be hungry for more. He wants them to be hungry for more than just milk and to move past just receiving something from someone else and to move to solid food where they can feed themselves too. He hopes that they will grow and go on to what he calls perfection. Now, this idea of going on to perfection, it can be a little bit confusing because it's not defined as the world defines perfection. It does not mean that we have to be perfect in every single way. It doesn't mean that we have to be flawless. Because the truth is, we could never, ever achieve that on our own. Rather, what this author means is that perfection is about growing and maturing in a more perfect love. It is about desiring with our whole heart to be more and more like Jesus not because we feel like we need to follow these rules and do it to earn salvation, but to follow Christ because we have discovered what love is like and to go on and love the way he does so that others might know Christ's love and light too. As one scholar notes, The author of Hebrews is convinced that one cannot stay still in the Christian life. One must always be moving. And there are only two directions, according to the scholar, in which one can move. Deeper or adrift. We keep growing and maturing or we lazily float away sometimes without even realizing it ourselves, until we finally end up off course. And he's warning against that. And so I want to ask you today, what's the state of your faith right now? How hungry are you? What are you hungry for? What are you eating Are you in that milk stage, or are you hungry for more? Are you ready for some solid food and to try something new? And I realize that in asking these questions, I may inadvertently be wanting you to race out of here as soon as worship is done to find something to eat. I know my stomach has been contributing to the sermon as it growls right along with the hunger. But I really do hope you'll take some time to think about it and consider how God might be inviting you to take that next step of faith. Maybe you can leave this place and have some conversations with one another over a meal. But I'm gonna tell you, I am here at Trinity to meet you wherever you are on this faith journey. And I'm here to help create an environment where you can grow in your faith, where you can go on to perfection. And I need you to know, there is no question of faith that is unimportant. There is nothing that is too trivial There are no bad or stupid questions. If something is on your mind, if something's weighing on your heart and you need somebody to talk to, I would love to have a conversation with you. I'll tell you, I may not have all the answers because I am not all-knowing like God is, but we can seek those answers together. We can see what we can learn together and if you are ready to take that next step to expand your menu to try more solid food and to be adventurous in your faith I'd love to talk to you more because I want to help you do that whether it's helping you to go deeper in scripture in developing spiritual practices and disciplines finding resources and answering questions, helping you find community and connect with others who are on a faith journey too, or helping you to find opportunities to serve inside and outside these church walls. If you want to do that, I want to help you. But I can't do everything for you. For if you truly want to grow and go on to perfection, you need to also be an active part. Babies are fed and they simply receive what they're given. But one of the signs of growth is a willingness to want to feed yourself and a willingness to put in the effort to also do that. And so I say today, may the Holy Spirit wet each of our appetites and keep us hungry for the one who said, I am the bread of life. And may we grow in maturity and a more perfect love each and every day. Amen.